Welcome to this presentation from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. We are located in the greater Los Angeles area at 9820 Lakewood Boulevard in Downey, California. We would love to have you worship with us any Saturday you are in our area. Good morning, everybody. Is today a good Sabbath? Oh, you're killing me. Oh, so I'm sure most of you have heard. We raised the money for the roof. Praise the Lord. I can't tell you how much of a relief that is. Oh, my goodness. Um, so just to be fair as well, to be transparent, what does that mean? Okay, we've got the money for the roof, yay. Um, we're hoping to do construction this summer, uh, realistically August, only because, you know, we kind of got deluged with rain from January through March. And so everybody realized we need to fix our homes and our buildings. So we have contracts that we're good to go. It's just a matter of them finishing up their prior, prior previous commitments. Um, but the, uh, the people that we're going to be dealing with are good people. They've been working on different churches in the area. And, uh, so we hope to be able to get this done, uh, later this summer. Amen. So from the very bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank you. Just in April alone, I believe it was over $39,000 was donated. Um, to be fair, there was a large donation, bigger than usual, but overall, it was a team effort. So it still counts. Uh, you know, it was the amount that we needed to hit over $150,000. So, uh, and I know that some of you have asked, text me after April 30, was like, Pastor, is it okay if we still give, will it still go to the building fund? Yes. So if you still want to give to the building fund, you know, we're not going to stop you. Uh, it's not just the roof. If you look around our, our facility, our campus, um, the roof is just the crux. Like, we got to get that done. There are plenty of other projects that we're going to be working over. Um, we're not going to do it all in one year. It's going to be a multi-year uh, process. But there are other projects that we're looking forward to um, making the church beautifying because we want the best for the Lord. Amen? Amen. Um, but... We, we have to do it in stages. The biggest thing is the roof. We have to get that done. And then as you'll see, there are some other areas, hopefully providing we have money left over, we'll be able to fix some of the damage that uh, it's not completely necessary, but it would be good to fix. So hopefully we, we can get it done. Um, we'll have a, some money left over. We can take that. And then if there's any extra money, uh, we'll start to knock off and chip off things uh, as they come by. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Are you a spectator or are you a fan? Are you a true, firm, rabid fan for the whatever your team is? Dodgers. <laughs> Lakers. <clears throat> Kings. This, uh, this, next this rest of the month, we're going to be going over a series. Discipleship. Not a spectator sport. 
I remember uh, as a child driving with my mom, who's actually here today. Mom, you can give a high five. That's my mother. Next to her is my dad and my, my uncle and my aunt. So thank you for coming and supporting me uh, today of all days. <laughs> I remember driving down E Street with my mom in our Ford Aerostar van. Still actually even remember the, the license plate to it as well. We're driving down to Warehouse Video. Y'all remember Warehouse Video? Back in the day. And those of you who were like born after 2000, what's Warehouse Video? It was gone before you ever came along. And in the back of the Warehouse Video was a counter, the Ticketmaster counter. Now we have Ticketmaster.com. Back in the day, you had to actually go to the counter. And my mom surprised me buying by buying tickets for my dad and I to go to, if not, was it my first Dodger game? Yeah, it was my first Dodger game. There's actually a picture of us. I'm, I'm wearing this acid wash jacket with corduroy jeans and I got my LA Dodgers. My dad and I had LA Dodgers fans hats on. And I remember going to that game. Um, I think, dad, you were still in PT school where you just graduated roughly. And I remember though, going to the game and just having a ball seeing all of the, the vendors, uh, the Kuliku. Remember that? Oh, I knew I would get somebody. You have the Farmer John hot dogs, the lemonades, all of that. But I remember just being in this awesome scene of just coming together and rooting for the best baseball team in the world ever. <clears throat> As you can tell, I'm, I'm biased. And so... It was so awesome to be around such a great crowd. And I thought, man, this is a great metaphor for life. Because most people don't just go to a baseball game, a, a football game especially. They go because they are interested. They, have a, an, they are invested in their team. Some people, yeah, they'll wear, they'll wear a shirt. They're all, they're, they will wear a hat. Have you ever like just watched TV and you'll see people, their fan, their fandom, they will dedicate a whole room. It's like a shrine to their favorite team, whether it's the Trojans or Kansas City Chiefs or you name any team, right? It's almost like religion to them. Now, when it comes to the gospel, okay, Paul writes in Colossians 3.17, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So as we live our lives, we're called to model Christ. In fact, as the, the famous passage that we've been studying for the last several years in Matthew 28 at the very end is to go out into the world to teach, preach, baptize, and make what? Disciples. And in making disciples, we actually have to help disciple. What does it mean to disciple? It's a big buzzword, right? Essentially, we're called to relay everything that Jesus has taught to us to share with others that they too can also be able to share the good news of Jesus Christ and how we can live a better life. Amen? Because the power of Jesus Christ can change people's lives. Now, throughout Scripture, there's, there's several references to uh, what we uh, call sports or athletics. Uh, Paul refers to uh, roughing, not roughing, running several times. And to be involved in sports, to do it especially at a high level, requires what? 
practice, discipline, sometimes perseverance, all of these things that disciples as well had to do. Did they always get it right? No, but they, they tried to do everything that they could to strongly share the good news of Jesus Christ. And even if we're not athletic, we all have a part to play. When we're watching the games, I mean, how many of you watched games <clears throat> six the other night? Uh-huh. 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 Gotcha. But you've seen this run that the Lakers are on. It's like, they're winning. Yes. They made the Western Conference Finals. I'm stoked. Sports bring people together. The one thing that I love about going to a Dodgers game, I could be sitting next to somebody, no idea who they are. But we all have the same purpose. We want to see our favorite team win. And we'll high-five each other when somebody hits a home run or even a base hit. When Kershaw strikes somebody out, oh, that's a glorious thing. right? As you can tell, I'm wearing my Kershaw jersey. By the way, if you want to represent your team, I see a few people did. Please feel free this month, all right? Represent your favorite team. The Olympics gather our attention every couple of years, right? Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 24 through 27, the Apostle Paul uses an illustration of what it takes to be a great athlete, a disciplined athlete. And, you know, especially like you have, for instance, you, there's a lot of athletes who aren't even professional, but they want to do well. So they get their normal job done. And then before or after that, they are training. Now, when it comes to being a follower of Jesus, a disciple, sometimes we have this idea that it's so easy to think that, you know, we're saved and we're good. Yet the truth is, is it not a daily choice to live for Jesus? right? Every day I ask God, please help me to do the right thing. And Lord, grant me the patience to deal with people. And Lord, please help me to be a faithful servant for you. Give me opportunities and wisdom to serve you. The people, the Corinthians who Paul is writing to understood this metaphor very well, because it was also the location for the Isthmian games where it was held every two years. And then the different sporting events, uh, which are now actually some of them are included in the Olympics. And so Paul uses this illustration to understand that they're running a race. We're all in a way, in a sense, running a race. And he says, run that you may obtain it. And also Hebrews 12.1 says that God has marked out a race for each one of us. We're all called to participate in the race of life, of sharing Jesus and knowing who Jesus is, and to do it well. It's not a literal race, but a spiritual race. We're not competing with other believers for the prize. We're seeking to ultimately be faithful to complete this race that God has called us to. And so he goes on to say that uh, it, first, it's just as competing with athletes who undergo even strict training, we're also called to train. We have to know what we're doing, right? So we need to know who we're running for, obviously God. So we should know who God is. 
as we search the scriptures, as we have conversations, as we, as we worship together, all of these things are preparing and helping us to enable to run a stronger race. In fact, even football players at the NFL level, I watched a documentary of how strict they are. Like the, the, I think it was the New England Patriots invited a camera crew to go through and watch them prep all of the meals. It was literally like feeding a, day, a, a restaurant, just going through and preparing all of these meals for the players on a daily basis, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They wanted to make sure that the diets of their players was the best. But they also have to practice consistently. They have to eat well. They have to lift weights in order to thrive. And so are we taking the time as disciples to be able to learn? Are we growing in strength and muscles? And not only just lifting, but practicing our faith, exercising our faith. By praying, by studying, by having conversations with other people whether they know or don't know. Actually, if you want to really learn about Jesus, try teaching people about who Jesus is. <laughs> You're going to learn real quick because you don't want to go in uh, without all of the answers. Amen? And so we're ultimately called to run the race and run it well. Victory is spending time with Jesus forever. And so we have to be committed, in a sense, disciplined. And all of these things, these are things that we as fans look forward to. How many of you have taken inspiration from a, 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 an athletic uh, a, a player or a, an athlete who had to overcome such tremendous obstacles to be able to play their favorite sport? In fact, just off the top of your heads, who can you think of that has overcome significant hardship just to be able to play the game? Anybody come to mind? Derek Rose? Okay. Anybody else? Who? Ronaldo? Yes? So there's, there's a number of players that we can look back to or athletes who have overcome significant hardship, whether it's a physical injury uh, or you name it. And yet with God, as we have sung and as we've seen, nothing's impossible with God. All things are possible. James 1.12 says, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised those who love him. And Paul also says, therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I don't fight like a boxer beating the air. Paul is telling us that as we race to win, because we want to be with Jesus, and it's not a race again with others, so please don't be trying to elbow your way to Jesus. Oh, have mercy. We have to have purpose. Why are we even doing this? You know, I, there's this idea that, you know, oh, uh, well, let me put it a different way. People who play in the NBA, they don't play just to get better at the game. They play to win, right? Because they want to win the championship. Anybody who else says that 
us says otherwise, pretty sure they're probably not speaking the full truth because they spend hours, they spend years crafting their game, getting better every day. And we as fans love to see all of this. We love to see people succeed. And let's be honest, when the team that you just do not like when they lose, you take joy in that, don't you? I'm not saying which teams I may or may not don't like as much. But when my teams have won, I have rejoiced. Yet it takes time, purpose. You have to have goals. What are you doing to help succeed in your walk with Christ? Obviously, walking in a relationship with Christ is everything. But we have to know how to get better. And so... There's resources. If you're questioning, Pastor, how do I get to know Jesus better? Please come talk with us, and we'll set you uh, up for uh, how to do that. But it means being intentional, having an intentional lifestyle of even as we, uh, as on this day of all days, even finding rest. Because you can go, 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 but at some point you have to rest. William Paul Sell proclaimed, it is unlikely that we will deepen our relationship with God in a casual or haphazard manner. There will be a need for some intentional commitment and some reorganization in our lives, but there is nothing that will enrich our lives more than a deeper and clearer perception of God's presence and the routine of daily living. Now, question, this is going to be uncomfortable. We're going to be really honest. Are you more passionate about representing your favorite team or Jesus? Oh. Somebody I know, uh, <laughs> he went to a Mariners game with his church. And when they got to the, to the Mariners game, they, of course, loved their team. And they celebrated every hit, every home run, every catch. And I thought, you all get so excited for a baseball game, but you're quiet as doves in the sanctuary service. I can't even get an amen out of y'all. Thank you. I love it, Nat. I, oh, God, you cannot, oh, man, I love this lady. She is so awesome. I'm so glad you're in my life. Thank you. And so... Are you passionate about sharing Jesus? Do people know you're a follower of Jesus or are you trying to hide that? Mm. Are you more passionate about representing your favorite team or Jesus? Are we faithful fans or bad representatives? There's a day that lives in infamy. I think it was March 31, 2011. Kershaw got his first opening day start. And he did well. They won two to one. But guess what overshadowed that whole great win? They played the Giants. And as you know, sometimes fans have rivalries. And there was a, a paramedic, an EMT by the name of Brian Stowe, who was 45, I think it was 45 at the time. As he was exiting the building, two guys said something. He said something back. Some of you know this story on opening day. They beat him so badly because he wore the wrong jersey. And his life has been altered. 
Now, the two individuals who did that eventually got caught and went to jail. And I, I don't know if they're still in jail because this, uh, this is over 12 years ago. But it was not a good look. And in the end, the Dodgers were found negligent. They didn't have enough security. They didn't have enough lighting. And yet, the actions of these two Dodgers fans, I love the Dodgers, but these two individuals put a black stain on the fans of all of Dodger fandom. It was a bad day for Dodgers. And worst of all, it was a bad day for Brian, Brian Stowe because his life was significantly altered. He had two children who are now young adults. But still, even to that day, that day shocked and changed their lives. And now Brian's parents have to care for him the rest of his life. He literally came down from Santa Cruz to be able to see his favorite team on opening day. How are we representing Jesus? Are we being kind and loving, or can we be nasty and cruel? Being a fan requires commitment and responsibility. So we've talked about the fact that there's some people, Buffalo fans, Buffalo Bills fans, you guys are hardcore. Who are the teams, the Mets fans are hardcore. Think of the teams who have actually never even won a Super Bowl or a championship, and yet they're diehard fans. Or even um, Wrexham. Anybody know who Wrexham is? You know Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhaney, you'll know who they are. They bought a, a soccer team in Wales. And they'd done poorly for years and just this, not a spoiler, but they're, they're doing better now since they've won the team, bought the team and they've gone to the next level. But it took many years of ownership, the team ownership, not doing well. It can be frustrating as a fan to see your team who you want to root for, but just making bumbling decisions, both as players and also in ownership. But being a fan requires commitment and responsibility to represent well. So do we represent Jesus well in our homes, number one, in our neighborhoods, our neighbors, in our work, at the parking lot of Ralph's, Stata Brothers, Walmart, Target, the post office, Never seen such animosity recently, maybe a couple of weeks ago at a specific post office that I'm thinking. Patience, my friends. We all need it. So who's your favorite team? More, imp <laughs> More importantly, who are you representing? Are you, and I'm not saying don't represent the Rams, but if we're representing the Rams and the Dodgers more than we are of the love of Jesus, we've got to ask ourselves, what are we talking and doing about okay so be committed so this week i want you to reflect am i com are you committed to the team in times of good and bad are you committed to following jesus in the times of good and sometimes challenging times bad right because life is not always going to be awesome and up there are going to be dips going to be up and down but the beautiful thing is we have a community of believers and a family that wants to walk alongside you all. So can we also be a big fandom for Jesus here in Downey Church? Amen. Let's not be spectators.
let's be fans. And actually, next week, let's not just be fans, but let's, let's take it a step from just being fans. So, may God bless you. Have a great week. Let's pray. God, we thank you for you are good and your mercy endures forever. Thank you, Lord, for the many challenges that have come along the way as painful and sometimes frustrating as they can be. Lord, we've reached a great financial goal this, uh, this month or last month to be able to help take care of our building. We pray, Lord, that, uh, the, that our, our contractors get done even quicker so we can get our, our roof fixed even quicker. But Lord, we also pray that you will help us. You've sustained us thus far, and we know you will moving forward. Lead and guide us in all that we do. Forgive us of our sins. Help us to see all that you're doing. Lord, many thanks that we have, we give to you, and all the things that are in our hearts and our minds, be with them. Help us to move forward together. Help us especially not to be spectators, but may we be active participants, sharing and proclaiming our love for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, and a challenge, go represent Jesus this week.